Come on in, guys. That was bad. That was not Jeffy at all. That I'm going to try again. Oh, that was so wild. <laughs> Alex, your uh, show, take two. No. Uh, morning, guys. That's more Jeffy. It's like it wow. all has to run it's together. It's all masculine. Yeah. Morning, guys. Uh, because it's time for another morning, episode guys. of Bat Watch, the Survivor Rewatch podcast. <laughs> We're all here. We've all come in. <laughs> on Outwatch, we rewatch, recap, and react to old seasons of Survivor, and we are in episode, rather, season number six of Survivor, Survivor the Amazon, and you find us here in episode 11 of that season titled Q&A, where we will uh, talk about what happened in this episode and react along with you, whether you're rewatching along or reminiscing on the beautiful times of these old seasons of Survivor. My name is Alex, and I will be your host um, for this pod. And I'm joined by three friends who are relative newcomers to the Survivor world, experiencing this season for the very first time. So before we get into what happens in this episode, it's time for you to meet the rest of the Outwatch squad, starting with Adam. Welcome to Outwatch. So happy to be here, Alex. Adam, this episode, the Immunity Challenge, was a game where everybody was given a questionnaire uh, asking some questions about everyone, some of which were mean, some of which were overtly sexual. And, um, Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For, as far as this season goes. Uh, and then everybody at the challenge had to guess whose name came up most as an answer to those questions. So I thought we would play a game uh, like that today. So I'm going to ask you a question. All of us are going to, in our heads, come up with the answer to that question. And then you're going to guess who uh, who would have shown up the most. These are some actual questions from that that challenge. Does that make sense to everyone? Yes. Yes. Uh, also, I'm going to go ahead and say hello to Emily and also to Scott. Hello, Emily hey and yo. Scott. Hey, guys. Because we will all be participating in this game at once. But Adam, your question is first. The first question is, who would you most trust with your life? Uh, and I think let's let's answer these for our own you know, from our own perspective, not we're not mm. answering who would Adam most trust with his life. You know what I'm saying? So, so who would I trust? With so who? Life? Yeah, Scott's saying who he would trust with his life. I'm saying who I would trust with my life. Um, and it's limited to just us four. Just the four of us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Does oh, everybody gosh. have their answer? Yeah. yeah. Great, Adam. Who do you think? was the most um the most named person i think scott was the most named person okay scott who did you pick uh i said adam okay <laughs> emily who'd you pick <laughs> do i need to say why no it's okay it's okay we're that? all gonna name who we picked okay. emily who'd you pick <laughs> Emily. Um, well, I was thinking. <laughs> it's just, it's just an answer. 
I was thinking life or death situation, and I chose Scott. Yes, exactly. I also picked Scott. So Adam yes. was right. Oh, no. There's pressure on me. <laughs> I was like, well, who here is the most closest to being a doctor? Right. It's definitely not anybody yeah. else. Right. Yeah. I was like, Adam did have, he was a camp counselor, but certified like professional rescuer. An Thank actual you very practicing much. medical professional professional so yeah it's true when emily was injured before her marathon she went to scott that's true i did yeah. <laughs> i am could have wow. went to a lot of other people <laughs> this guy. those other people might have charged your money right. <laughs> thanks guys i still owe you the oh, best free Nita. physician out there <laughs> No, so I, so I said Adam because I feel like Adam always has like a bunch of random knowledge. That's true. <laughs> so like I just picture like in a like in a pinch. I feel like Adam could get me out of a pinch. That's true. Yeah, because this is the problem with the question: is if it's like life or death, like I'm dying. Yeah. Or is it like I need to find someone who's willing to sacrifice themselves for me? Because if that's the case, it's Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I just took the text from the question. Right. Yeah, we all had to interpret it on our own. That's right. Okay, Emily, you're next. Oh, good. Your question is, who would you most like to see pose nude in a match? I'm kidding. <laughs> I almost said the F word, but I don't know what kind of rating this podcast has. Um, <laughs> I hate uh, this question. I'm not going to do that. Uh, who is the most honest? Oh <laughs> Which for our audience, that was a real question that they had to answer. It yep. was despicable. It was rough. The first one. Okay. Who's the most honest? Yep. So let okay. us all come up with our answers. Oh, geez. Okay, I have mine. Ready? I have mine. I definitely have mine. Oh no. You can choose yourself, I'd say. You can or cannot? You, you can. You can. Okay. Scott, do you have yours? Yes. Okay, Emily, who is your pick? Oh, jeez, Pete. I don't think I've ever noticed Alex lying. I think I'm going to go with Alex. All right. Um, Adam, who did you write down? I wrote down Alex. Wow. <laughs> Adam, who'd you write? Or uh, Scott, who'd you write um, down? I'm, I also said you. Wow. <laughs> I said yes. Adam. Oh my well, gosh, no, he lies you, to me every day. Such a liar. You did not put my name I did down. put Adam because I thought that Adam Adam usually has some things to say that it, like maybe, you know, he shouldn't say them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's a good angle. Yeah, Adam's pretty blunt. He's, he's so honest. <laughs> Adam can be pretty blunt, but at the same time, he will straight up lie to me. <laughs> Every single day. About what were you lying about yesterday? I, I don't remember. There's just there's too many lies to get, remember them all. <laughs> That's hilarious. Filter does not equal honesty. Though. <laughs> hilarious. Okay, well, thank you for um, validating my honesty. Appreciate that. No problem. Thanks for being honest, man. Yeah, I try my best. Um, okay, Scott, your question is who would never survive on their own? Are, are you specifically saying like on the if island on or just like I have to live by myself? <laughs> I would say, yeah, I think the implication is like, like physically, literally survive. Like if you okay. were dropped 
by themselves in the wilderness. Okay. Does everybody have their answer? Perhaps. Adam? Uh, yeah, yeah. This is a hard one. This is a hard one because I think we all would do pretty bad. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm definitely yeah. tossed up between two people, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, Scott, do you have your guess? Uh, so, love you, man. I'm going to say you. Yeah, <laughs> fair. <laughs> fair. I mean that in the best way possible. No, I hear you. I, I was also my pick. <laughs> so there's one. <laughs> uh, I would Adam, make myself second, though, just to be completely honest. Adam, who'd you put? Uh, it was a toss-up between you and Emily, and I ultimately went with you because Emily was a Girl Scout. <laughs> her, her Girl Scout history just, just edges me out. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd you have? <laughs> you know what? I uh, had a toss up between the same two people. <laughs> I think I was leaning toward Alex because I was too proud. Because your girl's got history. <laughs> I was it was pride. But I then I thought to myself, if that island ever got cold, I would have just died. <laughs> I would have just curled up in a ball and died. <laughs> yeah, I think this is this is a fair um, answer. I would I would give up almost immediately. I believe. <laughs> no, no, because we want you to actually be on Survivor, and I think you yeah. would get it. Yeah, that's like a controlled environment, though. You know, that's true. If we were just on an island, you know, all bets are off. But if it were Survivor, I think yeah. you'd really survive. Yeah, I think I could survive handle. and thrive. Yeah, I saw a tweet one time. It was like a satirical thing, you know. But I really, uh, uh, I related to it, and I thought it was really funny. It was like. In the wake of the zombie apocalypse, ap apocalypse, what will happen to us, the digital content creators? <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're the first to go. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> okay, well, we are talking about episode 11 of Survivor the Amazon titled Q&A today. And what do you say we start by taking a trip down to Tree Mail and break down what happens beat by beat in this episode? We start out by hearing from Alex that he really believes that he, Jenna, Heidi, and Rob have the game and control, and maybe even more than that, he actually likes hanging out with one with them. We get a nice character moment, which there have been actually pretty few of this season, from Jenna, where we learn that her mom is sick back home, which transitions nicely into the Survivor Auction, uh, this classic Survivor event where a lot of people get some tasty food but most importantly at the end christy gets a letter from home and then jenna ends up getting one as well um, and they all get good news christy gets some good affirming words from her family and jenna finds out that her mom is doing better uh, matthew and butch talk about seeing their path forward including rob and christy as they are at the bottom of the numbers and have to make some sort of swing to get out from that but uh, nicely for Matthew and Butch, inexplicably at camp one morning, Alex tells Rob that when the four of them get to the final four, he's going to vote him out. 
Rob comes clean to Matthew then later about his manipulation of him earlier in the game, but then tries to convince him to vote Alex out after learning that Alex intends to vote Rob out later. Christy also wants to vote out Alex, but has questions about Rob's trust trustworthiness due to his sneakiness to this point. Then we have the aforementioned immunity challenge, which Rob wins, proving himself the most aware of everybody else's perceptions, perhaps. And now Rob is deciding, um, we get in a confessional, between the assuredness to a final four with Alex, Jenna, and Heidi, and uncertainty, or perhaps certainty about his inability to get farther than that from there, or the vice versa when uh, taking up the mantle with Butch and Matthew and Christy. Now his path forward to perhaps the final four is less certain, but he's got a better chance of making it deeper once he gets there. When we get to tribal, it turns out that Rob votes alongside Christy, Matthew and Butch and totally blindsides Alex voting him out by a vote of four to three and sending Alex straight to the jury. And just like that, Scott, you're down another member. You went from the top of the mountain to being the only team with only one tribe member remaining. Yeah, I did. How <laughs> how high the from the the mighty have fallen? How yeah. how oh how fall? How much falling how, there how is? Far. How far? there is for the mighty to fall yeah. <laughs> except for adam because we're still waiting on his fall from the <laughs> we'll get to the scoring later on but folks this has become a tight tight race going into the home stretch oofy poopy scoopy oofy poopy scoopy you heard it here first folks <laughs> i probably pooped on myself <laughs> I'm a tribe did this episode. Okay. The tribe pooped all over themselves. <laughs> I feel like I'm a blubbering idiot. You know? Scott, can you empathize with that after being unwilling to trade some of your powerful pieces after at our last trade opportunity? Uh, it's easy to second guess yourself. I made the best choice I could at the time. Yeah. You know, you said earlier in this last episode that you don't want to Monday morning quarterback 13 years later. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's that rings true here as hard. It would be equally as hard to look back on, you know, Troy Aikman's performance <laughs> 13 years ago. And uh, can we start a podcast where we, we pretend like it's in 1992 and just redo the like NFL season or something? <laughs> no, <laughs> Emily's no, out. Emily's out on that. <laughs> we do like fake radio broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that'd be fun. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds super fun. Scott, remember that time when we did play-by-play commentary on the biathlon? <laughs> okay. Is, is that still on YouTube? I don't know. What? I've got a I file so. somewhere. Alex and Scott. <laughs> what a stupid they, thing. They did. played around with the idea of doing a, uh, a YouTube channel where they would do commentary on sports that they didn't understand. Oh, my goodness. Like like silly sports. Yeah, that we that we definitely didn't understand. Yeah. So the first one was a biathlon or something like that. It involved skiing and and shooting a rifle and shooting a rifle. Oh. Yep. 
<laughs> Link is in the description. Drop a like. <laughs> Drop a like. <laughs> Six uh, years later. It's probably not on YouTube because I did just rip the, the footage from like the NBC Olympic page. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's start out the way we always start out. Um, well, actually, first, Scott, why don't you give a quick eulogy to Alex's game as he was another member from your tribe who was eliminated this episode? Yeah, honestly, like, um, as the weeks have gone on, I've grown to be somewhat annoyed by Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know why. I think it's just him. <laughs> um, so, like, I was not, like, overly sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I remembered he was on my fantasy team. And it's like, you can overlook a lot when somebody's on your fantasy team. Speaking <laughs> from somebody who does a lot of fantasy football. Um, so I was really sad to see that that go. Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, gameplay, Alex, I'm kind of like, I'm not upset that I don't have to watch him anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barring him coming back in a later episode or season or something. He doesn't. This was his one go at it. Then we're good. (laughs) Alex was like the picture of 2003 cool. With like the kind of like tribal, not like tribal tattoos and like, you know, what you think of when you think of a tribal tattoo, you know? But uh, yeah, the like symbolic tattoos, the puka shell necklace, the, the low riding pants. I bet Alex rocked a lot of Abercrombie and Fitch. No <laughs> doubt, dude. No doubt. No doubt. He um, married another Survivor alumnus, Kim Powers from Survivor Africa. That's mm, a fun fact. Love Kim. We all love Kim. Do you even know who she is? <laughs> I have no idea who this person. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a cute couple pick, please? Uh, sure. Thank you. Copy image. Is he still doing triathlons? I don't know if he's still doing triathlons. Mm. We should Taste. get him on the podcast. Yeah, Alex Bell, come on out, watch. Yeah, defend your use of Abercrombie. <laughs> <laughs> Did you wear it? Did you wear it? Probably. <laughs> Explain why your shorts didn't have juicy on the butt. Abercrombie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and Pitch, what's that about? <laughs> we miss Austin. Did you um, send us an image? Yeah, I put it in the the feed. Feed. The Google Hangouts feed for me. I don't know. The That's feed. Right. Um, he also there's this thing called I told you about this at one point, right? Survivor <coughs> America's Tribal Council. This aired after um, um, Survivor All Stars as like an audience votes show. You know, mm-hmm. um, he was nominated for Sexiest Survivor Man, but he ultimately lost out to Survivor Legend Colby Donaldson from Survivor the Outback. Mm. Love Colby. Yeah. I actually remember him because I always thought of Colby cheese. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I I wondered if he was named after the cheese, I remember. <laughs> the joy the joy of watching things when you're eight when years you're old. Little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So favorite moments from this episode, or perhaps the just the biggest moments from this episode. Adam, would you like to kick us off with yours? Um, I enjoyed that Rob finally came clean to Matthew about everything. That was interesting. Matthew was chill as hell about it, which was great. Yeah, that was kind of surprising. 
Yeah, I, I it's 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 surprising and unsurprising if, mm-hmm. if we've learned anything about Matthew. He is the Zen master. Yeah. Uh, I think Rob realizes that he needs a like another person. He, need, he needs to have yeah. an alliance of two that he can actually trust. It's a good point. And I, and I think he realizes that Matthew is the perfect alliance of two because he won't try to outsmart him mm-hmm. and he'll do what he says. Um, that was great. Survivor auction was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, I can see why that would get old like season after season after season. Right. But having not really seen one, that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Yeah. I believe we got one at we got one in Kagiyan. Um, yeah, because they weren't held out for the the thing. Yeah, uh, for like the advantage. the advantage. Yep. Yeah, the advantage. Yeah, I think that's a good point you make about like having to have a good pair. And yeah, Matthew is often described as Rob's kind of like strategy understudy. Um, and, mm. you know, we see that to this point where Rob is stringing Matthew along and like telling him what to do. And he's pretty blindly doing it and they talk about that a lot this episode too where matthew brings the uh the physical strength the ability to get stuff done around camp and knows nothing about the game but rob knows everything (laughs) about the game but can't really provide very much and so uh rob matthew's willing to learn from rob which is not a great strategy (laughs) to be in if you're trying to win the game um so yeah, Rob has found his number two. Uh, Scott, did you have a, a noteworthy moment from this episode? Um, I really also liked. I also really liked the Survivor auction, but also like not so much like a single moment. But mm-hmm. I was very like, I thought Matthew was very noteworthy throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Like just like his confessionals, I thought were very telling. Yeah, he had. He gets, yeah, like we said last episode, gets a lot of like clown music, you know, but he says like some really interesting and like pointed stuff. He said at one point this episode, I wrote it down that like talking about that group of four, the Alex, Jenna, Heidi, Rob group early in the episode that they're in control and everyone knows that they're in control, but they are like acting like they're totally in control, like that there's no chance these other three can do anything. They just lay around and let the other ones do the dirty work. And he like, yeah, talks about how even if you're in control, you can't run around flaunting that you're in control or that's going to give the other people either one, like Matthew says, no incentive to vote for you at the end or two, like more, um, I guess incentive or, um, like a greater drive to do something about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So Matthew says some good stuff. You're right. Yep. I thought like very self-aware was like the thought in my head, I guess mm-hmm. for him this episode, but it's yeah. also, if you think you're going to be in this game for the long haul and you treat everybody else, like they're going to get voted out in the next move. I wouldn't do anything around camp. Yeah. Kidding me. If you're like, yeah, you're gone at the next tribal. Cool. I'm not going to do anything though. Right. Like, why would I do anything? Yeah. Yeah, you it's could. It's just a uh, dumb way to do it. You could pull a Jatia and dump all the <laughs> rice in the fire, even. You could. Man, Kagan was a great season. Right? <laughs> it really wow, is. What a time. What a time. <laughs> yeah. We'll always have that season. Of- I always will. <laughs> um, Emily, do you have a biggest moment that you wanted to talk about? 
Um, much of what has been shared, I was living for Rob switching his alliance. Mm-hmm. That was very dramatic. Yeah, I liked it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was really annoying to see the four of them just lounging around, mm-hmm. um, talking smack about the other people and just being really disrespectful to them as human beings. I didn't love that. Yeah. And I think I enjoyed the fact that they got called out on it through mm-hmm. this switch mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it makes you wonder like obviously from a strategy perspective rob had plenty of reason to switch things but like i don't know does this happen if they're less like s- jerky about being in control mm-hmm. you know like does like christy decide to make this move because she's seen as on the fence but like yeah does their reign of terror drum up such ill will that everybody else is more motivated to make a move. Right. And I just, yeah, I just can't imagine laying around camp laughing at other people as they keep camp together Yeah, and expecting that you're going to win. You know, that's just like so disrespectful. Someone mentioned it was like high school, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a good comparison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the story with Jenna and her mom this episode. Um, There's been like, yeah, definitely lots of um, like we learn a lot about people as far as they're perceived in the game um, in this season. But there's not a lot of this sort of thing in the season where you get to learn about these people as like individuals from outside of the game, what they do in real life, how that, you know, how they live their life and like the things that are affecting them, you know, off the island. But we get a big one of those from Jenna. Um, we, yeah, learned that her mom is sick, um, and that, yeah, she left knowing that she was sick. Um, but yeah, that she really wants to hear, you know, from her via this, this letter at the, um, at the survivor auction. And then we ultimately, yeah, we, we, she does get one of those and we learned that her mom's, yeah, like cancer is in like remission to some degree. Right. And that. You know, it's a really heartwarming, um, yeah, and just like a big, strong character moment from Jenna. I wondered if you guys had any, like, reactions to that whole storyline and that whole scene. <laughs> um, this is a tough thing to talk about. Yeah. Because on the one hand, I feel for Jenna. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it sucks not knowing what your mom what's happening with your mom, your mom's sick and all those sorts of things. And I'm sure it's really hard mm-hmm. at the same time. It was kind of bratty the way she acted at the auction. Yeah. And then got her way and then got back to camp and like blamed Christy. Right. Even though she got her way, uh-huh. like, I don't know that would like, that sucks because obviously like I want her to feel good about what's happening back home and in her home life. Mm-hmm. But also recognize that like you're not a you're not the moral compass of the tribe or <laughs> yeah like whatever are, like know, Chrissy she, paid three hundred some odd dollars for her letter and you yeah. paid a hundred and twenty like yeah and because everybody else let her do it yeah right. and Christy included yeah yeah like that just sucked <laughs> yeah. Like, that should have been such a good heartwarming moment. Yeah, I think that's what it came down to for me is like, you know, seeing the 
auction and seeing Christy, she didn't buy anything. She just wanted that letter and knowing how hard it's been for her. Mm-hmm. This was another thing Matthew had really great insight on. He explained all of this mm-hmm. pretty su- yeah. succinctly yeah. in one of his yeah, he did. interview things. But, um, you know, getting a letter from home meant so much to Christy because she didn't feel like so much of an outsider mm-hmm. after reading that letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Jenna is, I can't imagine like seeing a letter that has information about how your mom is doing and you can't open it. Like that would be heartbreaking. Yeah. But I think the thing that, you know, all of those factors aside, Jenna came back to tribal with her letter and still complained about Christy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. just, it was just very, that was a very petty move after Christy was like, yeah, you know, I paid triple what you did. I'm happy to let you have this letter too. Mm-hmm. And it should have been such like a human moment. And, you know, we all have loved ones and this is important, but yeah. just hearing her complain about Christy in that moment was really disappointing. Yeah. It's like one of those examples of things where just the emotions are so high, you know, yeah. and like certainly she's not thinking clearly. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that's a huge part of it. But Well, yeah. and then you saw like the difference between like Jenna was reading her letter in the middle of camp. Yeah. And uh-huh. Heidi and Rob and Alex are all there and they're all like happy for her. And Christy is sitting behind a tree with nobody yeah. reading her letter. And she is really happy and energized by that. You just you see the difference in the social yeah. dynamics of the tribe right. right there. Yeah. And it like goes to like amplify what we're hearing about Christie's experience too, you know, that she feels like an outsider and here we are seeing her. Yeah. Like you said, sitting alone, having this experience alone, reading this letter. Yeah. yeah compared to Jenna, where it's a, a whole deal. Yeah. It was really interesting. And uh, again, like this season, and I think early on in survivor in general, we get a lot of, um, what we would maybe call like character moments. And like, we learn a lot about the people, but it's most of it is within the context of the game. You know, like Mm -hmm. this person doesn't get along with this person. This person thinks this person is a brat, whatever, but we don't get a lot of, you know, this is why I'm here. You know, this is what my life is like outside of the show that influences how I'm playing now or Mm -hmm. influences why I want to win, you know, or influences who I am. And like, again, an early survivor, that's a pretty rare thing in more modern survivor. That's as much more common, you know, even in Kageyan, there's more of this, but as, as we get into like the thirties, um, there's a lot of it to the point where, um, it's like a thing that's made its way into the game because of the discourse around survivor outside of the game where it's like, okay, If we hear again in like in more modern survivor, when we hear a lot about what this person like does in their real life and why we should root for them, then they're that's a clue that they are probably going to (laughs) win, you know, Yeah. and such that like now on survivor, people who have compelling stories about like, you know, they come from, yeah, they are like fairly impoverished at home or they're, you know, in this instance, their mom is sick or whatever. Like they become threats on the show in, in the, the world of the game because they're like, wow, this person has a great story. We can't let them get to the end or they'll win. Right. It's just this really interesting evolution of how this like character stuff. Yeah. Starts at 
here, where this is really the only moment like this, to my knowledge or to my recollection that we have to this point, to the point where it becomes like it, it makes its way into strategy, you know, 15 years later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I also, uh, I'll echo what Adam said. I was personally glad that Jenna got her letter and got to get that information. But from a storytelling perspective, man, there would have been a lot more drama and fun TV if she didn't get that letter. And she came back like pissed, ready to like have Christie's head. Mm-hmm. When they did that, though, I was like, there's no way because they had just shared that news yeah. about Jenna. I was like, there's no way she's like she's going to leave without a letter. That would be terrible. Yeah, it would. It yeah. would. <laughs> yeah. Also, the music they chose for that moment was so cheesy. Awful. What was I didn't actually notice it. It was yeah, like some it was some like orchestral thing. The mm-hmm. moment being when Christy got her letter yeah. and mm-hmm. we're watching Jenna breaking down. Yeah, this which like, was sad. Yeah, but yeah. the music was just over the top. Yeah, yeah. They, they put something that it, it sounds very much like, "Hey, Google, royalty-free, sad music," <laughs> yeah. and we'll just put whatever comes up on there. And it was so loud; it was yeah. ridiculous. They want us to yeah. be like sympathetic to her. Oh my gosh, she's looking for it. She listened. My 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 uh, Google Mini is searching for. <laughs> I knew now, it. You said that, and I was like, "She's listening now." We are now those people who like. Have you ever listened to podcasts where there's like Google ads and they say those two words in yeah. No, yeah. the ad? And then, yeah, like my Google devices in my home are like looking things up on the Internet. Yep. We've become that. And Google isn't even paying us. It was an accident. Hey, Google. <laughs> Dang it. I, I, I did it. I didn't even need to. I was actually addressing the. No, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> we can. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say we could try to use this to our advantage. We should start buying ad spots I know. <laughs> and, and just like make people say, hey, Google, listen to Outwatch. That one's not plugged in. So we're good. I'm watching the Googles to see. We got to get to there is like seven Googles within earshot of us. <laughs> we have to be careful. This is going to be like a case Smart study home. 50 years of how like people had remember, tiny robots in their homes. Remember yeah. when everyone was worried about the government listening to them and then put in my speakers <laughs> that actively respond to your voice? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to to talk to Google the corporation, not my own Google dot in my room here. Okay, um, let's talk a little bit more about like this, the impact of like a loved one's visit or letters. Like this is a common... You know, this happens almost every season of Survivor, right? And it's a common storyline associated with it where it's like, man, this is it's like a centering impact, right? Of like when you are reminded of, yeah, like your actual life that you've more or less like pushed aside for the last 30 days. It like, yeah, it re-energizes people. It like re-centers them and reminds them about why they're here, you know. And can a lot of times actually be like a really strong fuel towards the end of the game here to like, yeah, motivate them and even maybe spur them into making a move that they were, you know, otherwise afraid to make. Um, And then the other thing, we teased this last podcast, but the intersection between friendship and gameplay here is one of the biggest, um, yeah, like story points for what's going on here. Ultimately, Alex tells Rob that he want that he's going to vote him out at 4 
because Alex like considers Rob like a, a real friend, you know, and that this is like something that a, f- a friend would do is make sure not to blindside him and just like be transparent with him. But that causes a- Rob to vote him out, you know. Um, and Rob even talks about how, yeah, I'm like friends with these people, but like that I'm still going to try and beat them, you know. So how how his like friendship here? um, Yeah, like become problematic for these players. Where do where did they take it too far? Scott, do you have a thought on this idea? <clears throat> about them being friends and taking it too far? Yeah. Yeah, um, I was wondering that like throughout the like this whole episode like as they're lounging around and it's like especially when alex tells rob like yeah i'm gonna vote you out the final four like i i had to do a double take yeah that that that's a wild thing that happened (laughs) like that i'd really just hear what i think i just heard like why would you tell somebody that like i don't know i think i thought that rob played it really well though like he didn't i don't feel like he really reacted he just kind of said oh yeah cool and then I mean, I, I don't know. I'm surprised at how much these four, I guess how much the three, not so much Rob, like are so buddy, buddy. Like they, you don't really get a, get the sense that they remember that they're playing a game. I don't know. <clears throat> but yeah, I thought that Rob played that well, obviously, and responded well to him. Mm-hmm. Basically telling him, yeah, you're the target. Yeah. Like let's not, understate how wildly bad an idea it is to tell someone hey in three tribal councils i think we're gonna vote you out like what a terrible decision (laughs) regardless of how close you are with somebody yes it's just strategically like why yeah to what end like i don't think there's any strategy there i think he was just feeling real comfy Mm -hmm. yeah what an idiot right (laughs) (laughs) Well, and he he just like he acknowledges that Heidi and Jenna are together like those two. We're not going to separate. So when it comes down to one, two, three, four, they're going to vote together. Yeah. So if you win immunity, I'm out. And if I win immunity, you're out. Right. Instead of acknowledging that and saying those two are going to vote together. We need to make sure we eliminate them before that becomes a problem. Right. Like that is a normal strategic talk. Yeah. That's what I thought he was going yeah, and but like, <laughs> he's so friendly with this person that he's just like, you know what? Nothing we can do about those two, but I'm going to target you. Like, right. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. You acknowledge the problem. You're aware enough of the game to see the problem. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Alex, do you see this in later seasons or is this just a lack of strategy because it's an early season? Yeah, I can't think of a a good like thing that's analogous to this. Um I think sometimes you have people telling people like as a courtesy, like, hey, it's you tonight, you know, yeah. Um, when they're like definitely on the bottom. But, yeah, they still like care about them and don't want them to get totally blindsided and like hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's like that's categorically different. Right. Because. Right. If you're if it's tonight, you have limited time to deal with it. It's probably already in motion to say, like, in three tribal councils, we're going to vote you out. He can be like, okay, I have plenty of time to deal with this and can really think through how I'm going to deal with it. And there's still numbers around for me to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, it's just a wild thing for someone to do. (laughs) 
especially to like a, a an ally, you know, like it would be one thing if they're opposed and like, you know, he's saying, I don't have plans to work with this person, you know, mm-hmm. but and what yeah. Rob Rob's response to this is so interesting because instead of instead of looking at him and saying, OK, why don't we try to eliminate Heidi or Jenna? Mm-hmm. Then He he just accepts it. He says, yeah, totally. And then goes and finds someone who's going to be loyal to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's such a perfect move. You just see this like really high level strategy in this moment that the season does not deserve but like it yeah. gets and then like you you see maybe like some of the undercover stuff that rob has working for him too which is like the relationship management with people like matthew and butch and christy mm-hmm. who are not his yeah. primary alliance but now in this moment of need he can go to and they're going to come through for him I think, and, and he's not the biggest problem for those people. Like right. all of those people are like, yeah, like Rob. Rob isn't like necessarily sticking with us, but he's not the problem. Like Alex thinks he's in charge and mm-hmm. Heidi and Jenna think they're in charge. And like, yeah, you get some yeah. weariness from Christy. Um, mm-hmm. She's the only one who really expresses that. But yeah. I think Matthew and Butch are all in. And I think, yeah. yeah, again, the common theme, Matthew said something interesting, I think, about this, too, where it's like. And actually, you know, it was I I take that back. It was Rob at Tribal. Um, He said that, like, you know, anybody can treat the people that you're friends with and that you're aligned with well and like care for them. But it's like where strategy really comes in is treating the people that you're not aligned with well and like caring for them and building relationships with everyone, not just the people that you're closest to. And that, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's really what saves Rob. If not, you know, immediately down the line in in this episode. Yeah. Well, and Rob brings up because I, I think this was the right play. But Rob brings up the fact that in doing this, he's he's guaranteeing three people on the jury who won't vote for him. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really true, probably in an early season like this. Yeah. Like by even though strategically Alex it's the right Jenna move to make, and like you shouldn't have a problem defending this move, right? But I don't know. That's such that's such a problem to have. But because he's dealt with people so well up to this point, it shouldn't be a problem to get those other four people to recognize, like, yeah, like Rob was the best player, Rob mm-hmm. was the nicest person, or you know, whatever. Yeah. You just have to take the. It just makes picking the right person difficult. Yeah, that's a good point, and it leads into like um. Not in modern Survivor, but I would say like mid-season Survivor, one of like the the things that is said a lot is flippers never win, um, mm. meaning that if you yeah flip on your alliance, even if you get to the end, people are mad at you and you can't win. And I think yeah, what that ultimately comes down to is this like the reality is that people are way more upset at somebody who is that they feel is loyal to them that betrays you than somebody who you know is on the other side of things and votes you out. You know, like people in this case, like Alex and and Heidi and Jenna are going to be way more upset at Rob because they thought that they had something going. Whereas if he was, yeah, not as committed to them and voted them out, you know, maybe they have a better chance than, than at the end of voting for him. And that, of course, like goes to this other idea of like this balance of playing the game 
to get to the end versus to win the game. Of course, you can't win the game unless you get to the end. Right. But also you have to like if you get to the end and you haven't done anything or you've done the wrong things, it's hard to win. You know, it's it's tough to balance both those things. And I think in this case, Rob made a move that gave him a better chance of getting it to the end, but made it harder for him to win if he gets there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I mean, he just needs to make sure that he takes Jenna or Heidi and then only two people on the jury are in that original alliance. That's yeah, that's a good point. It's taking the people with you that aren't going to vote for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a smart move. So Alex is gone after telling his target that he's his target. Tough look for my guy, Alex. <laughs> Anything else from this episode that we missed before we move on to Fantasy Survivor? Actually, I had one more question. Uh, we are at the final six now, folks. This season is reaching its end. All the way, we're down to final six. Who is in a good spot right now? I'll have each of you answer this. But as you look at the remaining field, who do you think really has the best shot of taking the cake? Man. We've got Heidi, Matthew, Butch, Rob, Christy, and Jenna. I want to say Heidi, honestly. And why is that? I don't know. That was a split dis- split second decision. Is What's your gut leading you to there? I think she's been in the top alliances for most of the game. I think she hasn't made enemies, really. Um, she seems very, like, positive. The only thing is lately they've been showing her lounging around camp. Mm-hmm. So I think that could hurt her a bit, but she doesn't seem as divisive as Jenna. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think that's she a just fair seems like point. a very neutral person, but who's always been in like the strategic conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in the right group, but less of like, I don't know, less outward than some of the other yeah, people. Not ha- she, she wouldn't have people who would um, vote against her on the jury because they don't like her. Mm-hmm. But is she in the right group anymore? Now the numbers yeah, have well. shifted. Yeah. yeah. I I think that the obvious choice to this question is Rob. I'm just thinking too of like, not only does he have these three new enemies still on the jury, mm-hmm. I wonder how Dina would vote. Well, but that, right. so that's but that's the that's the problem Dave. with it being the obvious choice is Rob has a clear path to the final two, but he still has to get there. Right. Being technically, I mean, he he thinks he has Butch, Matthew and Christy kind of like they'll do what he says. But I don't know that that's true. I I think that we might see Christy or Matthew, you know, kind of kind of respond differently to that or, you know, turn on him at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh because it'll be an easy way to get him out when Jenna and Heidi next week go berserk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I genuinely don't know. I think we could see Matthew in the final. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Christy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think at this point it just comes down to winning challenges. Like I, yeah, I, that's great. Point. I'm not sure the alliances are as important anymore because mm-hmm. no one is really in control. No one is really strong yeah. with anybody else except for Jenna and Heidi. It's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah, and these late game immunity challenges, especially in, in in early seasons of Survivor, are like way more important than you know later in the game for that reason. Like if you. Yeah, if you win a bunch of immunity challenges on a run late in the game, like you're setting yourself up really well. Um, and you really in the in the era of final two, winning the final three immunity challenge is huge, huge, because not only are you definitely making it to final two, you are now choosing who you go to final two with. Right. Because you're effectively making the, the one vote. Um, at final three, as we saw with in Kageyan, right? Wu wins final final three immunity challenge, picks wrong <laughs> in who to yeah. take with him, and it costs him the game. Right? It's a uh, yeah, same sort of deal here in these early seasons where we have final twos. Scott, who's in a good spot in your eyes? Um, my thought was Heidi and Jenna, just because there's mm-hmm. two of them. <laughs> I don't know which one. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, that's a non-answer. Um, they are definitely like given to us as a pair though. Yeah. And it's just because like at this point, like we said, it's kind of a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, having that one person that you know, like is with you, I guess that gives you a better shot, mm-hmm. I guess in this case. <clears throat> or in their case, like they haven't really, we still don't necessarily think of them as being that big of a threat. So. I don't know. I think they're more set up, I guess, than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Even though Rob may have just followed on them. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we will see indeed. How about we uh, we move on to Fantasy Survivor then? Uh, taking a look at the scores from this episode. Again, Scott, it was a tough week for your squad. Yeah. Not only did you Oof. lose Alex, but you only got a measly five points from Jenna. And now you're down to only Jenna. Um, Emily, the Poison Dart Frog tribe was the highest scoring tribe today. Congratulations. Yay. 20 points so from Rob since he, <laughs> since he won immunity. You also got a full 10 from Christy. And then Adam received 25 points. Uh, only five from Heidi, but a full 10 from Matthew and Butch. And as things stand now, guys, the game has gotten close. In third place, the Poison Dart Frogs rolling up with 300 points. Adam's mm-hmm. Believe in Yourself and Alien Squad is at 345. And Ooh. still holding on to a lead with 360 points is Tribe Bangarang. Closing that gap, though. And we've only got two episodes and the finale remaining. So we are nearing the home stretch, and it's it's truly anyone's game. Um, Adam has the lead as far as remaining tribe members with three. Emily has two. Scott has one, but Scott has the point lead. So we will see how things shake out. Well, how about some uh, how about some MVPs, folks? Time to name Does our trade. Oh, we can do trades first. Let's do trades first, then we'll do MVPs. Good call. 
Um, as is tradition, Emily, you are on the bottom as far as points go, so you get the chance to propose a trade first. You have Rob and Christy left on your squad. Are you looking to shop either of those two? No. <laughs> Standing pat, huh? Do you, do, you, do you say it like that because you won't give them up or because you don't know... I just think I could offer one up and then next week it'll just be completely different. And I'll be like rats, mm. just like what happened to you and Scott last time. <laughs> yeah, It's not worth it. All right, Adam, Sorry you, to make it not fun. you're next, Adam. Uh, any trades you'd like to explore? You know, I think the only person I'd want to add to my team is Rob, but I'm not even sure who I'd want to give up for Rob. So I, I, I think I'm going to pass as well, but I feel it's because I weirdly feel good. I went from like two weeks ago feeling terrible about mm-hmm. where my tribe was to feeling pretty good about it overall. All right. Hoping Heidi, Matthew and Butch can bring you the bacon. Scott, you've got Jenna. Are you looking to deal Jenna? <laughs> well, the other two have said they are not dealing. Um, The natural inclination would be like, oh, I'm going down, offload everybody, but I'm going to stand pat with Jenna. Okay. I'm going to ride with the people I picked. So dance with the one who brought you. That's right. Yep. Yep. We'll see if that will be a decision you are glad you made or one that you will regret. (laughs) I think I want to win right now more than i did at the beginning of the season oh my goodness. <laughs> because you have <laughs> i have hope i went yeah i went there was like such a high where i started the season like yeah i'm gonna crush it and then like nope we're gonna lose so badly to now where i'm like i can do it yeah the uh, underdog story come from behind how about- but, but also like we say that and the last time I was in last place after episode four and after that, I've just been like steadily in second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's not forget about the poison dart frogs, though. Robin yeah. Christie is a good tandem here to That's write a really good Get tandem. some points, poison dart frogs. Honestly, we could see a Robin Christie final, too, and it would not surprise I me. I would be so pleased. I bet you would. Thank you. <laughs> how about <laughs> how about some MVPs? Uh, Scott, you're still leading. So, who is your weekly MVP? Um, I Rob would be too easy of a pick. So I'm gonna say Matthew. Okay, why Matthew? <laughs> because he was very so. I thought I don't know. I was just very impressed with his. Like I mentioned before, like his confessionals. I was very impressed with his self-awareness i mm-hmm. guess like he knows what's happening in the game yeah more than maybe like we maybe have said before mm-hmm. um and also like i think it took a lot like rob's told him like straight up like he was being used and he i feel like he took that on the chin and responded positively yeah and like he could have like completely shut out rob at that point mm-hmm. that he did and because of that he's still here yeah so a fair pick and just to be a contrarian, because I feel like probably <laughs> a really good episode as well. All right, Adam, what about you? Who gets your MVP? Yeah, Rob and Matthew are my toss-up. I'll I'll throw it to Rob. Um, he made he made the move to uh, 
to, to abandon his alliance, which is a really tough move to make in early season Survivor mm-hmm. uh, when people are so fickle about who they're going to vote for on the jury. Um, he also came clean to Matthew, which was nice. I, I I definitely appreciated how Matthew, I mean, gave him another chance and, yeah. you know, had some really great testimonials this, ep- this episode. But Rob, I mean, he did the right thing. He went to Matthew and he was like, you know what? I've been playing you, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry about that. And it's you and me. We're going to ride or die. Like, yeah. I, I thought it was a great move. And hopefully it works out for him. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it doesn't because then that means poison dart <laughs> frogs as a shot. But uh, Emily, what about you? Who's going to get your point? Yeah, Rob was the easy pick, but I'll go with that. <laughs> I was just very pleased to see his shakeup of the tribe. Mm-hmm. They were getting too comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to give mine to Rob as well. I was especially impressed with some of the more like soft gameplay this week. Like we said before, like it's evidence that he has maintained relationships, good working relationships with Christy, Butch and Matthew. Matthew has been pretty clear to us, but less so Butch and Christy uh, to be able to rally them here at the 11th hour and swing a move was impressive and that he didn't waste any time while they still had an easy numbers advantage to grab and vote Alex out. Yeah, I think it was a very savvy move um, that, while again, while it does create some enemies and may have um, some negative consequences, also, you know, if somebody tells you right to your face they're going to vote you out at a point down the line, it's probably a good idea to vote them out first, so... He accomplishes just that. Mm-hmm. Anything else before we wrap up this episode? I think Scott didn't want to give it to Rob because he wanted Dina to have as many MVPs as possible compared to Rob. <laughs> no, you're on to me. <laughs> I've been had. <laughs> Bullocks. <laughs> Bullocks. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, great episode, guys. Thank you, as always, for joining me. Um, And uh, next time on Outwatch, we will be recapping episode 12 of this season titled Sour Grapes. Just this one and one more before we get to our live finale. Make sure that you subscribe on our podcast, your podcast feed of choice, and... um, Drop us a line on Twitter at Outwatch Podcast or on email at outwatchpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know um, which of us you think is most likely to not survive. <laughs> I know you probably don't know us, but you know, you've spent a lot of time with us, hours with us, in fact, now in your ears. And I feel like you've you've gotten to know us pretty well, so. You know, just uh, give us your perception, I suppose. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I like to know how I'm being perceived. Drop us some hate mail. (laughs) Don't actually do that. We're very fragile. (laughs) 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 Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.